Good evening, my dear friends and curious souls. Welcome to Mysteries After Dark, a horror podcast. My name, you may wonder. Just think of me as your old grandpa, spinning tales from a time long gone, and some from not so distant past. In my younger days, my grandkids would crowd around me, their eyes wide in anticipation or fear, eager for the evening's gruesome tales. Now I extend this tradition, this gift to you. So pull up a chair, stoke that fireside, and let the shadows dance on every corner of the room. Let's journey together into the heart of darkness, where we unmask the unseen, discover forbidden secrets, and unburden the forgotten tales of the past. So dim the lights, my friends, and let's delve into the mysteries that emerge only after dark on our wonderful, unnerving journey. Dear Podcast, In the wake of my grandmother's departure from this world, an event that left an indelible void in my heart, our family found solace in the shared task of sorting through her belongings. It was during this time of remembrance and grief that I inherited her old bed, a piece of furniture steeped in memories, which I set up in my bedroom to serve as a guest bed. One evening, not long after, my friend was over for a sleepover, and my sister joined us for what turned into an impromptu nocturnal gathering. A thick cover, always a fixture on my grandmother's bed and now a remnant of her presence, became my makeshift sleeping arrangement on the floor as I offered the beds to my friend and sister. As I teetered on the edge of sleep that night, a sudden bright light pierced through my drowsiness. My eyes snapped open, and there, fading as quickly as it had appeared, was a glowing visage that I immediately recognized as my grandmother's. The experience left me with an overwhelming sense of safety. It was as if she had transcended her physical form to assure me that all was well. The following night replicated the previous one with my friend and sister, once again claiming the comfort of the beds while I settled onto the thick cover. This night was tinged with anticipation. I yearned for another visitation Drifting off with my glasses askew, disappointment began to seep in at her absence. But then, once more, the bright light returned, dimmer now, perhaps dimmed by my own exhaustion. As I struggled to open my heavy eyelids, I felt the gentle pressure of my glasses being pushed back into place. Upon fully opening my eyes, all that remained was the sight of a glowing hand retreating from my face. In the ensuing months, buoyed by these encounters, Happiness became my constant companion. When my grandmother passed, it had felt as though part of my heart had been torn away. These nocturnal visits filled that space with comfort and a deep sense of protection. Time moved forward, and about four or five months later, we lost my grandfather. His passing was met with mixed emotions. There was sorrow, certainly, but also peace in knowing he was no longer burdened with the loneliness of his longing for my grandmother. They were together again. Since his passing, the spectral visits have ceased, yet the serenity they brought me remains. I hold a belief that seems to have been affirmed by these events. When one half of a couple dies, they linger in a liminal space between worlds, waiting for their other half so that they might cross over into the next realm together. This belief has been a source of comfort to me in the wake of their deaths. I share this story with you and your listeners not to convince or convert, 
but to offer a glimpse into the personal experiences that shape our beliefs. I am eager to hear the beliefs of others and welcome their stories in response to mine. With warm regards, Trisha. Dear Podcast, A curious sequence of events unfolded when I transitioned into a new chapter of my life about three years ago, coinciding with my move into the current house I call home. It began unassumingly enough. I was engaged in the simple pleasures of youth, enveloped in the melodies flowing from my MP3 player, a volume moderate enough not to disturb, and eyes gliding over the text of a book that had captured my attention. Little did I know that these mundane moments were the harbingers of an eerie journey that would greatly perturb the tranquility of my existence. The incident that sparked this series of unsettling experiences was as subtle as it was unexpected. A knock at my bedroom door prompted me to pause my music and set aside the device, anticipating an interruption from my mother. Yet, when I opened the door, I was greeted not by her familiar presence, but by an inexplicable absence. This odd occurrence, while unusual, did not immediately alarm me until I noticed something peculiar. The four screws that secured my computer chair in place had mysteriously detached themselves and lay scattered on the floor. Oblivious to the chair's compromised state, I took my seat as I had done countless times before. The chair, unable to support my weight without its fastenings, gave way beneath me. The resulting fall was not just painful but injurious. I was genuinely hurt. Amidst my confusion and pain, a gust of wind ensued within the confines of my room, carrying with it an intensity that suggested a palpable rage, as though some unseen entity was incensed by my lack of serious injury. The daylight hours could not protect me from the strangeness that had taken a liking to my abode. As night fell and I prepared for slumber, an experience far more personal and chilling occurred. A whisper caressed my ear, its origin and intent shrouded in mystery as the words eluded comprehension. Then came a sharp tug at my hair, an aggressive and undeniable assertion of presence that sent me fleeing in terror to seek solace in my mother's room. My mother, a pragmatic soul, met my panicked explanations with skepticism until she saw the tangible evidence of the day's earlier ordeal, the bruise marking where I had suffered at the hands of my once trusty chair. Her concern, now piqued by physical proof, led us to the hospital where it was revealed that I had sustained a muscle injury, the cause of which seemed as inexplicable as the disembodied whispers and gusts of wind. Following these incidents, an unsettling pattern emerged. Whispers became a constant auditory shadow to my days, and a series of unfortunate mishaps befell me with unnerving regularity. The sense that I was not alone in this, haunted by spirits with disparate intentions, grew stronger. One seemed almost protective in its ethereal way, while another harbored a distinct animosity towards me. No explanation readily presented itself. These occurrences were new to my life's narrative, unconnected to any familial loss or ancestral discontent. The notion of a spirit yearning for assistance became an inescapable conclusion. A presence in my home seemed desperate to communicate, 
its messages lost in the chasm between our realms. The feeling that some tragic history was etched into the very walls of this house gnawed at me, a history that now sought acknowledgement or redress through its interactions with the living. I find myself trapped in a quandary, both spatially and spiritually. Relocation is not within the realm of possibility. My roots are too deeply entrenched here for various reasons. Yet inaction seems an equally untenable choice. There is a plea from beyond the veil that tugs at my conscience, a plea that goes beyond mere whispers and accidents. I am reaching out to you, podcast team, not merely as a teller of tales, but as a seeker of understanding and perhaps guidance. How does one navigate the unseen currents of a world that brushes against our own? How does one help a spirit or spirits in turmoil? I await your response with hope and not a little trepidation. Dear Podcast, I feel a bit ridiculous even writing this letter. I'm 12, and I know that's probably going to make you take me less seriously. I get it. Adults think kids have wild imaginations and tend to see things that aren't there. But trust me, this isn't some make-believe tale or a bid for attention. I'm reaching out because I genuinely don't know what else to do, and I'm hoping someone out there might listen and believe me. I've always been a rational kid. Science projects, logic puzzles, that's my thing. Ghost stories? I'd be the first to debunk them. I didn't believe in ghosts, never have. But something's happening in my house that's making me question everything I thought I knew. It started a few weeks ago. Nothing major, just this weird sensation that I wasn't alone in my room. You know that feeling you get when someone's staring at you, and you can't see them, but you can feel their eyes. It was like that. I shrugged it off initially, told myself it was just my imagination playing tricks on me. But the feeling persisted, grew stronger even. It wasn't long before the presence felt distinctly male. I don't know why, it's not like I heard a voice or anything. It was just this sense in my gut that there was a he there with me. I'd be sitting on my bed, reading a book or playing a game on my phone, and then out of nowhere, this shiver would tear through me. It wasn't like the shivers you get when you're cold or when someone walks over your grave, as my grandma used to say. This felt intentional, like icy fingers tracing a path down my spine. Sometimes it would be more than a shiver. Parts of my body would go cold, but not like when you step into a patch of shade on a sunny day. This was an internal coldness, as if something was touching me from the inside out. It would happen to my cheek or my wrist, but just those places, nowhere else. These episodes scared me naturally. I'd look around my room, heart pounding, expecting to see someone or something, but there was never anyone there. At least not in the traditional sense. The noises began soon after the touching started. They were subtle at first, the kind of sounds you might put down to the house settling or the wind outside. But these weren't random creaks or groans. They were specific and deliberate. My desk became the epicenter of these occurrences. I'd hear the shuffling of papers in the dead of night or the squeak of one of the drawers sliding open ever so slightly. The chair in front of it was another matter. It has this mechanism where it sinks down when someone sits on it, and I've seen it happen when no one is there to cause it. One night in particular comes to mind. It was past midnight, and the whole house was silent. 
Everyone else was asleep and I should have been too. Instead, I was lying in bed wide awake, listening to the unsettling symphony of sounds coming from my desk area. Then came a rattling noise, like someone rifling through my school supplies. I mustered the courage to get up and investigate, half expecting to find an explanation that would put my mind at ease. Maybe a fan causing a draft or a pen caught in a vibration from somewhere else in the house. But nothing was moving. Everything was exactly as I'd left it before bed. That's when the cold hit me, a wave of frost that enveloped my body so suddenly that I convulsed with shivers. It wasn't because the room was cold, it was something else entirely. I wish I could say that was the worst of it, but there's more. Sometimes, when the light is dim and I let my eyes drift out of focus, I see something, an outline or a shape that's not quite right. It's fuzzy around the edges, like looking through frosted glass or trying to make sense of a cluster of blurry dots against a bright background, a white fluffy anomaly that seems to hover in the air. But as soon as I try to focus on it, as soon as I turn my head to look at it directly, it vanishes, like it's shy or doesn't want to be seen. I'm at my wit's end with all this. It's reached a point where I dread going into my room because every time I do, I'm reminded that he is there too. And all I want, all I really want, is for it to stop. I'm writing this letter to you because your podcast has covered paranormal stories before. You talk about them with an open mind and treat them with seriousness they deserve. Maybe one of your listeners has experienced something similar and could offer advice on what to do. So here I am, asking for help, hoping that someone out there will hear my story and reach out. Maybe together, we can figure out what's happening and put an end to it. Thank you for reading my story. Dear Podcast, Although my journey as a silent audience member, absorbing the myriad tales narrated on your platform, has spanned several months, it is with a certain trepidation mixed with excitement that I share my own tapestry of experiences with you today. From the mysterious realms of sleep paralysis to nocturnal wanderings and ethereal encounters, my life has been peppered with incidents that defy conventional explanation. Today, I focus on the most enigmatic of these experiences, my unsettling yet fascinating encounters with sleep paralysis. My initiation into this perplexing phenomenon began at the tender age of 12. The memory, though almost two decades old, remains as vivid as if it unfolded just yesterday. The room I shared with my sister was bathed in an otherworldly green luminescence, a stark contrast to the usual amber glow of city lights that streamed through our window. Upon waking, a sense of awe quickly turned to dread as I discovered my body's betrayal. I was utterly immobilized. Panic surged as I desperately attempted to rouse any part of my being only to find myself prisoner within my own flesh. My efforts to touch my shoulders seemed successful, yet a glance confirmed the illusion. My arms lay motionless by my side. My voice too failed me, reduced to a feeble whisper that neither my peacefully slumbering sister nor our mother could hear. Trapped in this state for what felt like an eternity, but lasted mere minutes, I eventually succumbed to a restless slumber waking the next morning unscathed, but shaken. Years later, at 15, in a new house and a room of my own, sleep paralysis revisited me, 
This time, as sunlight streamed through my window, I was greeted not by paralysis alone, but by a curious warmth on my back and a cacophony of inhuman mechanical voices. Unlike before, fear was overshadowed by curiosity. I listened intently to the unintelligible chorus until sleep reclaimed me. Subsequent episodes dotted my teenage years, each marked by the same peculiar warmth and an indescribable presence. Although never manifesting visually, the sensation of someone, or something, sharing my space was undeniable. Yet even in the face of these bizarre occurrences, terror was not my companion. For years thereafter, these spectral visitations ceased, granting me a reprieve from their inexplicable clutches. However, they were not gone forever. A few years ago, as a single mother responsible for a young son, the familiar grip of paralysis struck during a daytime nap on my couch. The absence of strange lights, sensations and voices did little to quell my fear. The safety of my child weighed heavily on me until the paralysis lifted. Days later, history repeated itself on that very couch. While nothing remarkable accompanied this instance, it was but a prelude to more encounters in my bedroom, each less memorable than the last, devoid of haunting spectacles or otherworldly phenomena. The most recent episode occurred mere months ago during an afternoon nap. Stricken by illness and ensconced in my bedroom sanctuary, I found myself once again trapped in a motionless state. However, this instance carried a revelatory twist. Amidst my struggle for movement, I managed to grasp my TV remote and place it within an opening in my headboard, a minor victory against my unseen adversary. Yet upon waking and searching for the remote where I was convinced I had left it, reality unveiled its trickery. The remote lay elsewhere, untouched since before my nap. This realization illuminated the truth. What I had experienced was not reality, but a vivid dream. This insight granted me a newfound perspective on sleep paralysis. Not long ago, a medical show illuminated its mysteries and resonated with the shadows of my own experiences. While others recounted tales of demonic visitations and alien abductions far more harrowing than mine, the underlying thread that connected us was unmistakable. We were all dancing to the tune of sleep paralysis. I have come to believe that our dreams and paralysis-induced visions are deeply influenced by our cultural fabric. A friend once shared his own harrowing encounters with a suffocating shadow, a malevolent spirit from his Hmong heritage. My assurance that he likely faced sleep paralysis, rather than an evil entity, brought him immense relief. Through understanding and recognition, I have learned to confront these episodes with minimal fear. Knowledge has been both shield and sword against the terrors of the night. Our minds are indeed potent conduits for our fears and imaginations to conjure horrors that rival any tale of terror. To those who suffer from sleep paralysis, arm yourselves with willpower and knowledge. Should you find these insufficient, perhaps seek solace in prayer before surrendering to sleep's embrace. May this narrative offer both enlightenment and comfort to those who traverse the shadowy borders between wakefulness and dreams. Thank you for providing a platform where such stories can be shared and understood. Take care and God bless. Dear Podcast, 
It all began in the sultry summer of my seventh year, a time when innocence should have been my only companion. Yet, it was within the confines of an ancient farmhouse, nestled among sprawling fields and whispering woods, that I encountered the inexplicable. I write to you now, years removed from the events that unfolded within that venerable dwelling we fondly referred to as the Kessler House, named after its original owner, to relay a story so bizarre and chilling that it has etched itself permanently into the fabric of my being. The Kessler House, with its weathered shingles and walls steeped in history, stood as a testament to the bygone era of pastoral splendor. It was as grand as it was eerie, with its towering silhouette casting long shadows over the surrounding countryside. My family, seeking the tranquility of rural life, had been drawn to its charm and seclusion. Little did we know that our search for peace would lead us down a path fraught with unanswerable questions and haunting occurrences. My room, a spacious chamber adorned with the relics of yesteryear, boasted a peculiar feature. A door that led to a narrow balcony overlooking the farm's undulating fields. It was here under the cover of darkness that I first heard it, the laughter. Not the joyful mirth of children playing, but a deep, resonant chortle that seemed to emanate from beings of colossal stature. This sinister cacophony was accompanied by the thunderous sound of footsteps, as if a host of invisible giants were cavorting upon the roof directly above my sanctuary. The laughter and footsteps became nightly visitants, disrupting my slumber and filling my heart with dread. My parents initially dismissed these occurrences as the product of an overactive imagination. However, their skepticism soon waned in the face of undeniable evidence. The balcony door, secured by a formidable deadbolt and sturdy latch before we would depart the house, would invariably greet us upon our return, flung wide open as if to mock our feeble attempts at security. My mother, empathetic to my nocturnal distress, would often accompany me to bed in hopes of providing comfort. Yet even her presence could not deter the unseen forces at play within the Kessler house. She too became a witness to the eerie symphony of laughter and footsteps that plagued my room. The phenomenon defied explanation and logic, leaving us both in a state of constant unease. The house's mysteries were not confined to sound alone. On numerous occasions, we would return home to find every window agape, inviting the chill of the outside world into our once warm abode. Doors that we had carefully closed and latched would stand open as if someone, or something, had been exploring our home in our absence. A year passed in this manner, each day a testament to the bizarre and unexplainable events that seemed as much a part of the house as its very foundation. The Kessler house was alive in a way that no structure ought to be. It breathed and laughed and played its tricks upon us with an intelligence that we could not comprehend. Ultimately, our desire for normalcy and respite from the inexplicable overcame our attachment to the Kessler house. With heavy hearts and minds laden with unanswered questions, we packed our belongings and bid farewell to the farmstead that had been both our home and our haunt. Now, as I recount these occurrences to you, I'm reminded that some experiences transcend mere words. They live on in the recesses of our memories, occasionally surfacing to remind us 
that there is much in this world that remains beyond our understanding. May this account serve as both a chronicle and a cautionary tale for those who dare tread into the unknown realms that exist just beyond the veil of what we accept as reality. Dear Podcast, Enclosed within these paragraphs is an unsettling narrative that my father imparted to me, a tale as real as the blood coursing through our veins. Before the inception of my consciousness, when my parents' union was freshly sealed and their lives were about to be interwoven with the American dream, they resided with my progenitors. My uncle, too, had just begun his matrimonial journey and settled in a dwelling directly opposite to theirs. These homes, with their domestic tranquility, masked a history steeped in the toils of agriculture and the specters of a world at war. Their foundations laid upon an old rice field that bore silent testament to the harrowing events of the Second World War. As my story unfurls, it is imperative to note the hiring of a maid by my uncle, a necessary addition to tend to the homestead in their frequent absences. But tranquility was soon disrupted. Not weeks into her service, under the morning's gaze, she approached my uncle with a peculiar inquiry. Had my aunt summoned her in the dead of night, with a voice tender and slight? His denial was swift and accompanied by rationalization. Perhaps it was merely a figment spun from her dreams. Despite repeated occurrences, skepticism remained a steadfast companion to my uncle and father, attributing the maid's claims to an overactive imagination. This veil of disbelief was ruthlessly torn asunder one fateful Saturday afternoon. Returning from the leisurely exertions of tennis, my family found themselves amidst an unsettling scene, my grandparents in earnest conversation with officers of the law. The maid, it seemed, had been discovered cowering behind the refrigerator, her mind besieged by terror, her voice a clarion call of impending doom. They are going to get me. The assailants, Invisible denizens she claimed resided within my uncle's very walls. Despite her subsequent internment at a medical facility and a diagnosis hinting at pre-existing psychological tribulations, this incident lingered like a persistent shadow across our family's collective memory. Years trudged by, and with them my progression to the age of seven. By then my uncle's former abode had passed on to new occupants, a family of three seeking domestic refuge. It was yet another day when the peculiar once again encroached upon the mundane. They found themselves barred from their home by a lock defying its key. My father, custodian of a spare key, rushed to their aid only to be greeted by an inexplicable occurrence. The door, as though recognizing his intent, seated its barrier with an autonomous and silent acquiescence. The couple's adamant assurance of their certain lockup met with the bewildering reality of doors unlocking themselves. This event cemented my father's belief in the preternatural essence imbuing that house. In sharing this narrative with you, I seek not only to entertain, but also to remind your listeners that sometimes, beneath layers of skepticism and rational explanations, there lurk truths that defy our understanding. Thank you for indulging in this recountal. Be brave and be strong.
Dear Podcast, I find myself compelled to share a series of unsettling events that unfolded in the quiet sanctuary of my own room, an experience so eerie that it has imprinted on my mind with such vividity that I feel almost driven to impart it to others who may appreciate the odd and unexplainable. It was a day like any other, a soft cascade of sunlight filtering through the curtains and a gentle hush that seemed to envelop the house in a cocoon of tranquility. This silence, however, would soon prove to be nothing more than the calm before a storm of inexplicable occurrences. As is my custom, I sought refuge in the pages of a novel, letting the words transport me far from the humdrum of daily life. Nestled comfortably on my bed, I was barely aware of the passage of time as the narrative gripped me with its twists and turns. But then, a sudden movement caught my eye, a disturbance that was out of place in the stillness of my room. One of my china dolls, a silent sentinel on my shelf, teetered precariously for a moment before plummeting headfirst towards the ground. The doll, you see, is not just any trinket or ornament. It is an heirloom bequeathed to me by my late great-grandmother through her will, a tangible piece of history and a connection to a past that lives on in memory alone. It is unique among my collection, for it requires no stand. Instead, it rests against the wall, supported by a small wooden block strategically placed at its feet to guard against just such an accident. Initially, I dismissed this occurrence as little more than a quirk of fate, a shift in the room's atmosphere or perhaps a vibration too subtle for me to detect. With only a slight flutter of concern, I retrieved the doll, thankful that it had survived the fall unscathed. Meticulously, I repositioned it against the wall, ensuring that the wooden block was firmly in place to prevent any further mishaps. But no sooner had I returned to the embrace of my book when a sensation washed over me, a palpable feeling of being scrutinized by unseen eyes. It was an intensity that far surpassed the fleeting shivers of fancy I had experienced before. This was different. It was as though the air had grown denser around me, charged with an invisible presence that I could neither see nor explain. What happened next defies all reason and logic. From the periphery of my vision, I witnessed the impossible. The same china doll pitched forward once again, its descent as deliberate as if unseen hands had pushed it. A sense of disbelief gripped me as I struggled to fathom how it could have overcome both gravity and the barrier designed to hold it in place. My thoughts raced as I considered every rational explanation. Could there be a draft I had not noticed? Was there an imperceptible slant to the shelf? Yet nothing I conjured could adequately explain how the doll could have lurched forward in such a manner. Perhaps one could argue that there are no accidents, that every event carries with it an intention, whether mundane or mysterious. Could it be possible that my great-grandmother was reaching out from beyond, making her presence known through this cherished object? Or was there another force at play, something beyond our conventional understanding? In any case, the experience has left an indelible mark upon me. The tranquility I once associated with my room has been tinged with an undercurrent of something more something otherworldly. It is this feeling, this unshakable sense, that the ordinary has been breached by the extraordinary, 
that prompts me to share this account with you. Should any further incidents occur, rest assured that you will be among the first to know, for it seems that there is more to this world than meets the eye. A narrative unfolding around us that is as compelling and captivating as any work of fiction. Until then, I remain both haunted and fascinated by these ghostly happenings. Last year, when the calendar marked my twelfth year, I had an experience that has clung to the edges of my imagination, refusing to be discarded as mere fantasy or the overactive imagination of a child. It was a night spent in the unlikely setting of Boulder County Jail, where my mother served the incarcerated as a nurse. Her shift stretched through the nocturnal hours when the rest of the world succumbed to slumber's embrace. The jail, a confluence of despair and redemption, was where my adventure unfurled. As a child with an insatiable curiosity, the confines of my mother's office could not tether my wandering spirit. I meandered through the sterile corridors, each turn revealing secrets held tight by their concrete guardians. The jail was a labyrinth, and I, an eager Theseus, sought its center. Midnight was approaching, its arrival heralded by the synchronized ticking of clocks, as if time itself was holding its breath. I found myself before a door veiled in mystery, its purpose known only to those who held its key. It led to the kitchen, a place where sustenance was provided to soothe the soul, if not the conscience. A small window offered me a clandestine glimpse into this world. Peering through the glass, I witnessed the inexplicable a large metal spoon, unaided by human hands, began to stir on its own accord within a pot, as if commanded by an invisible chef. My heart raced, yet my feet were rooted to the spot, unable to flee from what unfolded before me. Then, like a specter materializing from the ether, an outline of a man took form. His visage was indistinct, but bore the semblance of a man in his twilight years his frame carrying the weight of a life perhaps well-lived, perhaps squandered. The phantom figure tended to his ghostly stew with a diligence that belied his ethereal form. Suddenly, he turned, his gaze piercing through the window and into my very soul, before dissolving into the shadows from whence he came. I remained motionless, hoping for a curtain call that never came. The clock marched on, and at two in the morning's quietude, I ventured back to that same kitchen door. The anticipation of another spectral encounter was both terrifying and exhilarating. Once again, the scene played out before me, but with an addition. A second apparition had joined the first. This one bore the innocence of youth mirroring my own age. They were companions in eternity, their bond transcendent of the veil separating life and death. Their ghostly eyes met mine, and within their spectral gaze was a kindness that touched me deeply. They smiled and offered a gesture that seemed a farewell, before receding once again into their invisible realm. The encounter was ephemeral but etched indelibly in my memory. In the days that followed, I broached the subject with my mother. Her response was a tale steeped in tragedy. A cook once worked within these walls and brought his son with him on an ill-fated day. Their lives were inexplicably extinguished within the very kitchen I had observed. 
The anniversary of their passing coincided with my nocturnal visitations. This revelation cast a new light on my spectral encounters. They were not figments of imagination, but perhaps souls anchored to this realm by their untimely departure or unfulfilled purpose. The cook and his child now existed in whispers and glimpses to those receptive to their presence. I pen this account not as a call for belief, but as a testament to an experience that transcends explanation. It is a narrative stitched into the tapestry of my life, its threads too vibrant to fade into obscurity. Dear Podcast, I'm reaching out to you in the hopes of shedding light on a rather harrowing experience that recently befell me. This incident has left me searching for answers and grasping for an understanding beyond the realm of my usual beliefs. It is a tale not of just a dream, but of something that transcended the boundaries of sleep and wakefulness, challenging my perception of reality. It all began on a night like any other, with the descent into sleep ushering in a dreamscape that was, at first, devoid of any disquiet. The dream was not particularly vivid or memorable. It was the benign theater of the mind that one seldom recalls upon waking. However, this tranquility was not to last. As I slumbered, ensconced in the comforting veil of my dream, I sensed an intrusion, an enigmatic presence that began to insinuate itself into my subconscious narrative. This was no ordinary shift in dream content. It was as though an external force was exerting its will upon me. The sensation that followed was nothing short of extraordinary. It felt as though gravity had intensified tenfold, binding me to the very fabric of the dream. In time, I emerged from the depths of sleep, my mind surfacing into consciousness. Yet, in those initial moments of wakefulness, I found myself reflecting on the peculiar sensation I had just experienced. Was it a malevolent entity seeking to assert its dominance over me as I lay vulnerable in sleep? Or was it simply a figment of my dreaming mind? These questions swirled in my head, but they were soon eclipsed by an inexplicable phenomenon. There I was, lying in my bed fully conscious when suddenly I was enveloped by an overwhelming sensation that coursed through my entire body. It was a paralysis of sorts, but unlike any I had known before. I was awake, acutely aware of my surroundings, yet rendered immobile by an invisible force. My muscles tensed instinctively, straining against this unseen restraint in a desperate bid for movement, to rise, to flee, anything, but to no avail. My attempts to call out were stifled, reduced to naught but a feeble whisper. The struggle that ensued felt interminable. With every ounce of willpower, I fought against this mysterious force that held me captive. And then, as abruptly as it had manifested, the paralysis lifted, leaving me alone with a racing heart and a mind teeming with questions. The experience was so unsettling that it drove me to seek explanations in the dead of night. The digital realm presented a common theory. Awakening during the REM phase of sleep, when the brain temporarily immobilizes the body, to prevent the enactment of dreams. It's said that in this state, one can think and perceive while the body remains unresponsive. Yet my experience defied this explanation. Prior to the onset of this sensation, I had fully awoken from my dream. 
I had even turned over in bed to settle back into slumber more comfortably. Movement, thought, and perception were all within my command mere moments before being overtaken by this paralysis. In my quest for answers, I have come across others who have shared similar experiences, tales of being held down by an inexorable force, unable to move or speak. Some choose to marvel at these occurrences, others find themselves gripped by fear. My advice to those who might find themselves in the throes of such an episode is simple. Remain calm and maintain control over your faculties. Do not succumb to panic nor be entranced by the bizarre nature of these events. I now turn to you, seeking insight or perhaps corroboration from others who have navigated this perplexing phenomenon. If there is knowledge beyond the bounds of sleep science that can illuminate the true nature of what transpired that night, I implore you to share it with me and your listeners. Thank you for your time and consideration. Sincerely, Craigster586 at Hotmail.com Well, my dear friends, we've reached the end of yet another winding path. As the evening knits the night, drawing its comforting darkness around us, we must part ways, for now. You've traveled with me through unsettling alleyways of thought, and I hope our journey together has both enthralled and enchanted you, like a spider's web capturing the moonlight in its delicate dew-drenched threads. Until we meet again beneath the gossamer glow of the next moon, I urge you to keep your hearts open, your minds sharp, and your spirits daring. Remember, no star is ever out of reach, and no mystery is ever too daunting to seek. This is your humble grandpa, turning the last page of our Ebonbound book for now. May your dreams be wistful, my friends. Farewell from Mysteries After Dark, a horror podcast, and tread softly into the night. <laughs>